chapter 4, verses 3 through 9. If you're reading from the Red Bibles found in the pew in front of you, that would be on page 839. Mark chapter 4, 3 through 9, page 839. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This morning, I want you to think with me for just a moment about this question. Is the word of God making a difference in my heart, in my life? Is God's word really making an impact on me? Being a preacher is kind of an interesting thing in a lot of ways. Gospel preachers prepare and deliver sermon after sermon after sermon. And it's an awful lot in some ways like being a chef, being a cook. You do a lot of work and a lot of preparation and you deliver what God has given you. And people do something with it, it disappears and then the next week you deliver it again. And the next week you deliver it again. And it's kind of like eating meals. Some meals are particularly memorable. You remember certain meals because of the company, because of the occasion, because of the food. But others, even though you don't remember them, even though you can't remember what you had for lunch last week, it doesn't mean it didn't do you any good. What you had for lunch last week profited you, even though you can't remember it. So I'm not asking, do you remember everything you've ever heard biblically? Do you remember every lesson that you've ever listened to? That's not what I'm asking. What I'm asking is this, are you allowing the word of God to sink down deeply into your heart? And are you allowing the word of God to change the way you live? Open your Bibles to Mark chapter four, the parable of the sower and the soils. It's a matter of how well how actively we listen. Look at Mark chapter four, verse three, the passage that Tom read just a moment ago. Jesus began the parable with the word, listen. When Jesus says, listen, we need to pay attention. And look at Mark chapter four, verse nine. He ends the parable with this phrase, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Listen, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He's talking about letting God's word make a difference in your heart, in your life. He's talking about hearing what God is saying. Are you? Are you really listening to what he's saying? Because this is a matter of heaven and hell. 
This is a matter of eternity. This is a matter of discipleship. It's a matter of fruit bearing when you look at the parable. The answer to that question, and you're the only one ultimately that has that answer. The answer to that question makes a difference in where we're going to spend eternity. Jesus came as a preacher, as a teacher of God's word. And I want you to look at this as well. When you look at the parable of the sower, Jesus taught an awful lot. But in Mark chapter 4, verse 13, Jesus indicates that the parable of the sower is foundational to everything else. Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables, he asks. There's something foundational about this one. A sower goes out to sow and he scatters seed and some of it falls on this hard soil, some of it falls on this stony soil, some of it falls on this thorny soil, and some of it falls on good soil. And the results of where the seed falls makes a difference. He's talking about hearts. He's talking about paying attention. He's talking about how well we listen. I want you to know this morning as we study this parable together, there are only four responses to the Word of God. That's what Jesus teaches here. It's described by the four different kinds of soils. And you right now and I, we are one of those four kind of soils right now. And what's more, you and I decide which kind of soil we are. We decide whether or not we're going to allow God's word into our lives. We decide whether or not we're going to let it sink down deeply. We decide whether or not we're going to bear fruit according to his will. Let's look together at this parable and let's ask ourselves sincerely and humbly this question, how well am I listening to God? Notice as you look at Mark chapter four, Verses three through nine gives the parable. And then the disciples come to Jesus and they ask him, Jesus, what did this parable mean? We didn't understand it. And he says in verse 13, if you didn't understand this, how are you gonna understand all the others? And so then you have a instant replay. In Mark chapter four, beginning in verse 14 through verse 20, you see it? So the parable itself is found in verses three through nine. The explanation of the parable is found in verses 14 through 20. Notice as we look at Jesus' explanation, and by the way, this parable is also recorded in Matthew chapter 13, and it's recorded in Luke chapter 8, additionally. Some extra references for you for your personal study. Matthew 13, Luke 8, we're looking exclusively this morning at Mark chapter 4, verses 14 through 20. Notice what Jesus says, first of all, about the seed. A sower went out to sow. And the assumption is that if you're going to sow, you got to have seed to scatter. What is the seed that is being scattered by the sower? Look at verse 14. The sower sows the word. You see it? In Luke chapter 8, verse 11, Luke's parallel account says it this way. The seed is the word of God. When we stop and think about what this book is, 66 books written by around 40 different individuals, all under the guidance, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit over a period of about 1600 years. But it is all summed up in this one word, seed. 
and it can be planted in people's hearts, it can be planted in our minds, and it will bring forth fruit. That's what seed does. Are you letting it? In Genesis chapter 1, verse 11, at creation, the beginning of the world, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 11, God put into motion what sometimes people call the law of seed time and harvest. And it goes like this. Every seed bears fruit after its kind. To simplify or to illustrate, you plant an apple seed, you get an apple. You plant an orange seed, you get an orange. You plant strawberry seeds, you get strawberries. Question, what happens if I take this seed and I let it sink down into my heart and my mind? What happens? If you plant the seed of God's word, what do you get? In every single case, when God's word exclusively is planted, we're not adding to it, we're not taking away from it. When the whole counsel of God is planted in someone's heart and mind, it produces disciples of Jesus Christ. Every single time it produces the same thing. In the Old Testament, in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 19, God made this commandment to the Old Testament Israelites. He said, you shall not sow mixed seed. In other words, the bird seed that you get at the store, that's all different kinds of seeds. And some people hate to put that in their bird feeders because it drops down into your yard. And you get all kinds of crazy weeds. You don't even know what they are. God says to the Israelites, don't do that in your sowing and reaping. Don't take a whole bunch of different varieties of seeds and plant them all together because you're going to not like the harvest. What comes from that is not going to be what you intended. And brothers and sisters and friends, we're living in a world and a time today when the devil has done a great work. He has convinced the world that you can take this seed and you can plant it in different people and it's gonna produce different things. It's gonna produce different kinds of Christians. That's not what the scriptures indicate. Jesus himself prayed for unity. He prayed for oneness. He prayed for all of his disciples to have fellowship with each other and to love each other, to have all things in common. John 17, 20 through 22, when you take the seed and you plant it, it always produces the same thing. If we're getting different types of disciples, if we're getting ty different types of Christians, what's happened is somebody has mixed the seed maybe with the traditions of men. Matthew chapter 15, verses eight and nine. Maybe they've mixed the seed with opinions and personal philosophies. But the gospel is God's power to save and it always produces a disciple, always. Let's be dedicated as God's people to only preaching and only teaching what God's word says. It's the seed. By the way, seed always produces fruit. It has life in itself and it always produces fruit. And when you look through the pages of the New Testament, it's, it's amazing how many times God's word says, I want you to produce fruit in your life. You've heard my word and this is what I intend. I intend for there to be a fruit production. And sometimes we think of fruit as being exclusively bringing other people, bringing the lost to Christ. Certainly that's one type of fruit, the fruit of souls, Romans chapter 1 verse 13. But did you know the Bible also speaks about character development? It talks about the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. 
when God's word is in my heart and mind, love and joy and peace, self-control, those kinds of things are going to be more evident in my life because God's word is changing me. It's a seed, produces the fruit of the spirit. God's word produces the fruit of good works. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10. Is God's word making a difference in your life? The fruit of holiness is mentioned. Romans chapter 6 and verse 22. By this is my father glorified, Jesus says, that you bear much fruit. John chapter 15 verses 5 through 8. Are you letting God's word make a difference in your life? The seed when planted produces fruit. Second, as you look at Mark chapter 4 verses 14 through 20, notice the sower. The sower. In Mark 4, 14, the sower sows the word. Back in Mark chapter 4 verses 3 and 4, a sower went out to sow. And you kind of think a lot of times Jesus used things that were in people's vision, in their field of vision, in order to produce or in order to give a parable or an illustration. And I've, in my mind's eye, I've always thought about it this way. Jesus was maybe on a road somewhere. Maybe he was on a hillside somewhere teaching and he could point off in the distance at somebody that couldn't come listen to Jesus that day for whatever reason. Maybe they were planting their crop and maybe there's actually a person that's doing that. And he's got his bag of seed and he's walking through the field and he's just scattering the seed, just scattering the seed. And Jesus maybe points to that guy and says, he's a sower. I want to talk to you, Jesus says, about a sower who sows the word. You know who the sower is in this parable? It's Jesus himself. Jesus came with the words of eternal life, John 6, verse 68. No man ever spoke as this man, John chapter 7, verse 46. He spoke and he taught in a way that astonished people. And when people heard his teaching, they were faced with a crisis. Either I listen to what he's saying and I do what he teaches, or I must find a reason, a rationalization to reject him. But I can't remain neutral. I can't just stay the way I am. I've got to either decide that he's my enemy or he's my Lord. There was no in-between. And that's what he's talking about in this parable. He says, I'm scattering seed everywhere I can, and I want people to listen to what I'm saying. I want them to take my words into their hearts and lives, and I want them to bear fruit. Jesus is the sower. But you and I are sowers too. The Bible says that we are to take the things that God has delivered to us and we are to communicate them to faithful men who are able to teach others also. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2. The Bible says that we are to communicate God's word to people. It is the power of God unto salvation. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. We're sowers too. And maybe you're not teaching Bible class. Maybe you're not preaching a sermon But I want to tell you something. You have opportunities to talk to people about the message of Jesus. You're a sower. Don't discriminate in who you talk to and why. As you think about God's word, maybe you're not even saying some things about God's word to others, but by the way that you sing and by the way that you participate, by the way that you give, by the way that you live your life, people see or should see something of Christ in us. 
were sowers. And when you think about this process of sowing, the sower sows the seed and he doesn't give immediately a lot of thought to the harvest, at least not right off the bat. He's just busy sowing the seed. You and I ought to be busy about sowing the seed. That's what sowers do. When you read through the pages of the New Testament, you'll find that sowing is a partnership, by the way. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 and following, Paul talked about how, you remember this phrase, I planted, Paul says, and Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. You remember that? Sometimes sowing and planting and hoping and praying for a harvest has to do with fellowship. It has to do with partnership. It has to do with trusting that other people who are also serious about souls, also serious about making a difference in people's lives for eternity, that they're going to do their part as well. It's a partnership. And God gives the increase. We partner with God. We are his fellow workers, 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9. God wants to make a harvest in people's lives. It happens when his word is planted. As you look at this and think about this as well, one more thing about the sower. Sowers have to have a lot of patience. James chapter five and verse seven, the farmer waits for the early and the late rains. He's patient. And you also, Christian, need to be patient. Because when you plant the seed of God's word, sometimes it takes an awful long time for people to get the point. Sometimes it takes a while for people to decide that this is really this is really what they want to be all about. The sower has patience. Now, look at this, number three. The real focus of the parable is about the seed and the soils. Let's talk about the soils for just a moment. In Mark chapter four, beginning in verse 15, there are four different kinds of soils. I say it again, you are right now one of those four soils, and so am I. And it has to do with how we respond to the Word of God. You decide how you're going to respond. I've said it this way for years. Everybody has, this is, my, this is my image, everybody has inside of them a light switch that only they can touch. A light switch that only they can decide to flip. I can't flip it for you, and you can't flip mine for me. Everybody's got their own light switch, and everybody decides whether or not they're going to listen to what God's word has to say. We can lead a horse to water, but we can't make him drink. You can preach gospel sermons and you can live the kind of life that God wants you to live. But I'm telling you this morning, you are the only one who decides which kind of soil you're going to be. There are four. Here they are. Number one, there is the wayside soil. You see it in verse 15? The wayside soil. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, these are those, the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, it's about hearing, it's about listening. Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. You can't plant seed in carpet. I'm thankful for that, but you can't plant seed in carpet. It's packed, it's hard, and it's not going to accept the seed. And so Satan, just like a bird, comes quickly, sees the seed, takes it, and off it goes. And Jesus is saying, some people's hearts are like that. 
Some people respond to God's word like that. Not gonna listen. I don't believe that. I'm never gonna believe that. You'll never convince me. You'll never change my mind. God's word will never, never make a difference in what I hear and what I'm changing, what I'm doing. The wayside soil. Why are people like that? A few suggestions. Some people are like that because of pride. I don't want somebody to tell me I'm wrong. I don't want to hear that I need to make some changes. I need to make some corrections. Some people are like this because of stubbornness. Yeah, I see I'm wrong, but I'm not changing. Some people are like this because of predispositions, of pre-existing beliefs. I did not grow up believing this. I was not taught this in another place. Therefore, I refuse to believe that it's true. And Jesus says, you're just like the carpet. You're like the seed that just falls on the ground and there's no way it's ever gonna take root. Hardness of heart. Having a conscience seared as with a hot iron. First Timothy chapter four and verse three. Jesus says some people's hearts are like that. Second, look at verses 16 and 17. There's the stony soil. You're one of these, so am I. Jesus says in verse 16, likewise, these are the ones sown on the stony ground when, when they hear the word, there's that phrase again, it's about listening, it's about hearing. When they hear the word, immediately they receive it with gladness. And so listen, the stony soil, oh, this is great. God has given me his word. He's given me his revelation and, and, and I'm excited about this. This is wonderful. I'm thrilled to know finally, at long last in my life, I'm thrilled to know what God's word has to say to me. But, verse 17, they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. It's one thing to be a Christian when everybody else is doing it. When it's comfortable, when it fits like a glove, it's one thing to be a disciple under those circumstances. It is another thing altogether to hold on to your convictions when you're having to deal with opposition, when you're having to deal with disappointment, when you're having to deal with persecution. And Jesus says, because of the word and because of the fruit that's gonna be born in your life and the harvest, because of those things, the devil, the darkness hates the light. And there are some people that just say, this is too hard, I can't deal with this. The stony soil has no root. Tough times are coming. That's what Jesus says. If you're a Christian, tough times are coming. Are you going to hold on to what you know God says is right? Even when your loved ones reject it. Even when your friends deny it. Even when people oppose you because of it and you suffer for it. Are you going to hold on? The stony soil says no. Third kind of soil, 
Look at verse 17, or excuse me, verse 18. These are the ones sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, verse 19, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. It's not that these people are bad people. It's not that they have a opposition to what God is saying. They just get busy. They just got other things on their minds. The cares of this world, they're worried. The deceitfulness of riches. Did you know that wealth and riches promise you things? Oh, and they look so wonderful, they look so great, but Jesus says they are deceitful. And you can very easily start pursuing that pot at the end of the rainbow. You can very easily start pursuing those things and all of a sudden the word stops making a difference in your life. The desire for other things. They enter in and they choke the word of God out of our lives. Our government likes to push all kinds of things to our cell phones as we learned this morning. Probably an Amber Alert, I don't know. I heard a lot of different phones going off. I don't have anything against cell phones. I don't have anything against iPads and things like that, but I'll tell you something. It's awfully easy when you've got 150 apps on that device. It's awfully easy to check out. It's awfully easy to let something else crowd out the Word of God. It's awfully easy to spend my time and invest my energy in things that are not with profit rather than letting God's word sink down deeply into my heart, take a good look at who I am and what's going on in my heart and my life, and then say, this is ugly, God, I need you to forgive me, and I need to change, and I wanna do better. We live in a generation, if it's characterized by any one of these kinds of soils, it's characterized by the soil that chokes out the word of God. So many things clamoring for our attention. So many things trying to say, hey, hey, look at me, wait and so many things that are more pleasant than letting God's word sometimes reflect back to us who we really are. Don't be the thorny soil. The fourth kind of soil, verse 20, the good soil. Jesus says they hear the word of God and they bear fruit. Hearing God's word and being all about that one thing. Jesus said in another place in Matthew 6, verse 33, he said, Seek first, as a matter of priority, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things be added to you, the things that you're anxious about, the cares of this world, all those things, God will take care of those in his time. You make that your first priority. Which kind of soil are you? Young people, your parents, your elders, the church here, we love you. One of the things we're doing as a congregation, we are intentionally trying to sow seed in your lives, in your hearts. We are intentionally and without shame, without apology, trying to plant the message of God's word in you. And one of the reasons we're doing that is because we believe and we hope and we pray that you're gonna have the kind of heart that hears God's word and bears fruit. But I'll tell you something, we can't change the kind of soil you decide to be. You get to choose. 
which one you are. Visitors, same thing. We love you. We're glad you're here. We can't choose which kind of soil you're going to be. Only you have that option. Which one are you going to be? Number four, the scale, the scope. Look at verse 20 again. I've puzzled over this for years. Jesus says, the fourth kind of soil, the good soil, it's got to hear the word of God. We listen to what God says and we bear fruit. But then he says, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. What that means is that different disciples bear different quantities of fruit. That's interesting. Even though all disciples are followers of Jesus, they are members of the church that Jesus died for, all disciples share some things in common. There is something distinctive about disciples. Some of them only bear fruit 30-fold. Some bear fruit 100-fold. Why is that? Have you ever wondered about this? Why is it? You know, sometimes it's not, well, not sometimes, quite a bit. It's not infrequent. People will say something like this in a conversation with me. They'll say, I just feel like I'm not doing enough as a disciple. I just feel like I'm not pulling my weight. I'm not doing what I can because I see so-and-so over here and they're just doing so much. And I see so-and-so over here and it's just amazing how much they get done in the Lord's service. And I just feel like I need to really, I need to really do better. Jesus said, some bear fruit 30-fold, some bear fruit 60, some bear fruit 100. It's not about how much, it's about doing what you can as a steward of Jesus Christ. He has put some things into your hands. He has put some ministries into your life that only you can control, that only you can invest in. And the question is not, am I doing enough? That's the wrong question to be asking. The question I need to be asking is this, am I living as a good steward of Jesus Christ? Am I making the most of the blessings and the opportunities that he's given to me? And the reality of it is this, some people as disciples do not have as many opportunities as others. That is not unfair, it's just the way life works. Some just don't have as many opportunities. Some are baptized much later in life and they don't have as much time in their lives to bear fruit as others. True? But the point that Jesus makes is what really matters, the thing that you need to pay attention to more than anything else is my word and you need to let it change you. You need to let it make a difference in your life. You need to decide that you're going to be the good soil and you're not just going to be shallow and you're not just going to be somebody who lets things crowd out the word from your life. It's going to get priority and it's going to be the decision maker and the guide for everything you do in every area of your life. That's what Jesus says he's after. That's what you and I need to think about. Am I listening well to what God's word has to say? Am I really letting God's word bear fruit in my life? Get your songbooks and open the song that Tom announced a few moments ago. 
Another interesting thing about preaching is that every week I am privileged, I'm blessed to be able to offer the invitation in a public way. But really, the invitation is about something that should have probably started a long time ago in your heart. You should start listening to God's word as soon as you come into contact with it. And you should start letting it bear fruit in your life as soon as you come into contact with it. And responding to the invitation is just one evidence that God's word's making a difference. I believe that I am lost without Jesus and I believe that he's the only answer to my sin and I'm repentant, I'm, I'm changing. I don't want to live the kind of sinful, wicked life that I've been living. I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna live for him. I'm gonna let his word be my guide. I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and I want to be baptized because when I'm baptized, I understand that that's when I participate in the new birth, not before. I understand that I put on Christ, I'm clothed with him in those waters, Galatians 3.27. That's what the invitation's about. It's about letting the seed bear fruit in your life. If you need to do that this morning, if we can pray with you, if we can help you in any way, why don't you make your way forward as together we stand and as we sing. All who linger, all who fall, sing it whole and o'er again. Christ receiveth sinful men. Make the 